Trouble with Transformation, a serialised podcast by Alison Whip. Chapter 4. Slippery like a seal. Kat had told me the bare minimum about Mr Bell, that he was a family friend and had helped us out of a tight spot in England. That's how she refers to your possible accidentally on purpose drowning slash disappearance and all the insanity that followed. A tight spot. She thinks I don't remember anything. Which is true. Mostly. I do have flashbacks sometimes. When a car high beams into our lounge room at night. I see flashbulbs. I hear the shouting. When I'm at the Glitz Theatre, breathing in the old upholstery smell. I'm three years old. Sitting between you and Kat in the old cinema in Ilfracombe. Rain pelting on the ceiling. The occasional drop leaking through and ricocheting off our heads. I know Mr Bell used to drive you between gigs back in the day, when you guested at Trash or Shoom in London, or hosted a dance party on Brighton Beach. He's never in any of the photos though. And even before this, I'd begun to suspect there was more to Mr Bell than what was said on the tin. He has an unusually broad skill set and very little money worries for someone who primarily drives people around. Sure, you'd expect that someone who drove a lot of cars would have the nous to fix them. And maybe if that person was driving around someone semi-famous, it might serve them well to have some combat skills up their sleeve. But there was something about Mr Bell that didn't quite match up. The timing of his visits, for instance. So this is a nice surprise, Mr B, I said between mouthfuls of lemon muffin as we cruised through the streets of Bottlenose Beach. Back in Oz already? What brought you over this time? What's the occasion? I'd be lying if I said I didn't love hearing about all the movie premieres and sponsorship launches. Mr B was a bit too discreet for my liking. I'm sure he had plenty of juicy stories about movie stars who drank too much, billionaire CEOs who got into too many fights, etc. But I only ever got the bare bones. Still, some scrap of detail was better than nothing. Mr Bell's eyes followed the traffic as he said, Tennis sponsorship. An international bank. You would find it all very boring. Then he added, But that's all done with now. Your mother's been saying for a long time I should take a proper holiday. The Bottlenose Beach is the perfect place to relax. I laughed. Hugh, take a holiday? I'd never heard of him taking time off. In fact, Kat often mentioned that in the entire time she'd known him, Mr Bell had never so much as taken a sick day. Looking back, all the signs were there. I had the sense something was wrong, even then. But I was too focused on my own agenda to put together the clues in front of my face. I sneaked a glance in his direction. He blended into the decor of the silver VW, as if he was one of the special features. He was dressed in his usual attire, a well-pressed grey suit, matching seal grey hair slicked back with some sort of product. Even his aftershave was no nonsense. He smelled like a well-polished penny. Mr B? Yes, Ginger? Something on your mind? Mr B said, guiding the car around the corner and onto the street where the school lived. Cat never talks about Terry. Never. And if I ever mention him, she shuts me down pretty quick. I knew there was no point in asking Cat about the machine. Mr B's arrival, although oddly timed, 
also provided an opportunity. Hmm. He glanced at the speedo. He was doing a conservative 49 in a 50 zone. Is there something you specifically wanted to ask? Did... I took a deep breath and went on. When you drove for Terry, did he ever mention some sort of a machine? Mr Bell pulled into the school drop-off zone and turned off the engine. I'm sure in some circles Mr B's deadpan capabilities are an asset. Maybe it's why you hired him, why he's in such popular demand. But sometimes I wish Mr B was more expressive, that he had a nervous twitch or something. I don't think I've ever seen him crack a sweat. Wasn't natural to be wearing a suit in this climate without experiencing at least a little discomfort. But he was giving me nothing. I used to think it was a mistake on your mother's part not to talk about Terry. But look at you now. You are thriving. But, no. Your mother is right. I was wrong. Terry's accident casts a particularly heavy shadow. You shouldn't have to live under it. He pulled open the driver's door and no sooner had he stretched a leg onto the curb than it seemed he was standing on my side, holding the door open, ushering me out. So you were saying it's the Global Cultures excursion today, at the Ling's restaurant? Yes, but... Say hello to the Ling's for me, Mr Bell said, reaching to help me from the car. I brushed the muffin crumbs from my lap and was rewarded with an infinitesimal wince before Mr B composed himself. Are they still mad about the teapot? I told you before, that was an accident. The last time Mr B visited, the owners of our local Chinese, the Lings, had come over to play mahjong, bringing a Yixing teapot they said could be traced back to the turn of the 20th century. I'd been playing host, and had tripped on our shagpile rug while carrying the tea tray. Right you are, he said with a whisper of a smile. Mr. Bell had returned to his side of the car. He reached through the window and pressed the start button. The engine rumbled softly in reply. Enjoy the meal. He gave me a nod, before disappearing into the car and moving off down the street. I'm not going to lie. The words I said about him as he drove away are probably not ones a long-lost father wants to hear coming from his daughter's mouth.